Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the Actus Podcast, Talking CDI. The Actus Podcast is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today's featured Actus solution is Actus Pro. Just like the printed Actus Pocket Guide you've come to know and love, this online portal provides all the detail, explanation, and content you've come to trust and expect from the Actus team, but is updated in real time to keep you at the forefront of the CDI industry. You can easily access all the query coding and documentation resources you love and need every day, anywhere, anytime, so please check it out on hcmarketplace.com. All right, my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Diversity and Inclusion at UC Davis. Today's show is supported by 3M Health Information Systems. 3M Health Information Systems, now with M-Modal, delivers innovative software and consulting services designed for a wide range of healthcare environments, from closing the loop between clinical care and revenue integrity to computer-assisted coding, CDI and performance monitoring, 3M can help you reduce costs and provide more informed care. All right, well, we've got a uh, kind of a full house today with us today, so I'm gonna go ahead and start to begin to introduce our guests. Uh, we have with us today, uh, Tammy McMasters-Gomez, uh, Tammy started her journey into healthcare nearly 30 years ago, was a file clerk in the medical records department of a small rural hospital. It was there she learned a number of important skills, including coding, quite an important skill there. Um, in 1997, she transferred to UC Davis and has worked in a variety of roles, including coder, auditor, supervisor, manager. Currently, she serves as the program's CDI director, and I'm told she's also actively working on her master's degree which is pretty cool. You got a full plate there, Tammy. I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. We also have with us today, um, Angelica Naylor. Angelica is a senior healthcare performance advisor with 3M Health Information Systems. She mm -hmm. has six years of CDI experience, including direct CDI management of a Midwest hospital and manager in CDI consulting services. She has a very rich background, including critical care nursing and the trauma surge, neuro neurological ICU, as well as UR case management, quality and risk management. Uh, she's been a speaker at the 2021 National Actus Conference and a chair of our new um, Actus Diversity and Inclusion Task Force, and I'm thrilled to have her on, so welcome, Angelica. Thank you, Brian, glad to be here. All right. We also have with us uh, Shalivia Parker. Shalivia is the Vice President of Auditing, Compliance, and Education for Coding and CDI Services with Metavent Solutions. Shalivia has over two decades of experience supporting coders, CDI, on the inpatient and outpatient side, and physicians at numerous hospitals across the U.S. She's worn many different hats throughout her career as HIM Director. 3M360 Implementation Specialist, Senior Manager in CDI, Physician Educator, um, has been a speaker for our for our programs as well as um, Ahima, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show. So welcome, Shalivia. Thank you, Brian. So All right. happy to be here. Absolutely. And we also had with us joining maybe a bit late, but she's here with us now, I'm told, is Carolyn Real. Carolyn, you're there, correct? Yes, I am. Just took my All right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Carolyn Real is hosting the program with me today. She's our Actus editor, 
a role in where she's responsible for assisting with developing, creating, and curating our publications, our website. If you like all the stuff we do in social media, Carolyn's behind that. She also facilitates the work done by our new diversity and inclusion task force. I want to welcome her on the show as well. Brian. Yes. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. We're going to go ahead and start with our audience poll. So as we always do, we like to start with a poll question related to today's topic. And the question reads, is the organization in which you work committed to diversity and inclusion? And your options are, yes, uh, it's a strong focus, somewhat of a focus, no, not sure, or not applicable or other. And as I always say, I'd love to get your other comments, so feel free to drop those in the questions pod, and I will try to work those in when we get come back to the poll results. But again, we're asking you today, is the organization in which you work committed, committed to diversity and inclusion? Uh, your options are yes, somewhat, no, not sure, or not applicable or other. All right, we're gonna go ahead and close that out. We've got about 75% of our audience that have voted and we will come back to those results in just a few minutes. All right, well, welcome to all of our guests today. Um, so I wanna start again, just by saying congratulations to UC Davis on winning our very first diversity and CDI award. For those that did come to the conference in October, as I'm sure you saw, we. We delivered this award to the UC Davis team on stage at the uh, at our uh, in Dallas, and today was an opportunity really for 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 Tammy for you to to share your story a bit more broadly and and Sherlivia who until very recently was also working at UC Davis, so hoping maybe to start with with um, with Tammy can you talk just a little bit about. Or you can be, we could go on on this one for quite some time. All that you've done as an organization to ensure that it's a place that welcomes and encourages diversity in its ranks. So maybe just share a little bit of UC Davis's history with diversity and inclusion with our listeners today. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so we are a very, um, I would like to think, progressive thinking organization. In fact, I think Forbes named us uh, one of the top 20 most diverse companies to work for in 2021. It starts at the very, very top. Our executive leadership, our CEO, our CMO, our CFO, all are very, very, very much in support of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's something that they pride themselves in, and it's really just passed down through the ranks. It starts with really the hiring process. There is a very strict hiring process. We, we follow affirmative action with regards to how we hire employee or what the desired employee um, looks like. And it, it's, it's really um, something that I think is promoted highly within the organization. So what we, we look for is people that have diverse backgrounds, both educationally and ethnically, and we do our best to try to bring those diverse um, diversities into the university so that they can bring value and different perspectives um, to the company. And I think that's the, the area that I find most valuable is that bringing in different people from various backgrounds, educationally and diverse, diverse, diversely in ethnics makes it a, a very um, open 
um, environment for people to feel like they have a voice. And so that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. Outstanding. Thank you, Tammy. Angelica, did you want to take this next question here? Sure. So, yeah, this um, question, Tammy and Shalivia can speak. Um, Shalivia more so in the past uh, context, but what prompted UC Davis to make this commitment? Was it some sort of, you know, a broader social unrest or a look internally at your organization and realize that your staff was not reflective of the population and the community you were serving? So I'd like to start off by saying that, you know, we live in, in California and the University of California has a big uh, diversity footprint in, in the state. And so it's been a commitment of the University of California all the way to the top of the University of the Office of the President um, to ensure diversity and equity inclusion to mirror the state of California, um, first and foremost. But um, it, it's it's become a, a cultural awareness of the state of California and the University of California has followed in those footsteps. So there, there, there were some things we took a look at in, institutionally to ensure we set controls and put controls in place to follow these, um, you know, if we can talk about it and we can, uh, you know, ideally put it on paper that this is what we want to achieve, but we've got to put controls in place to make sure that we, we actually enforce it. And so, um, those controls come from the top down, but it also is a mirror of the state of California and the diversity that we project within the state of California. Um, and the organization has adopted that same philosophy and it's trickled down um, all the way to the bottom um, from the top up. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, UC Davis was very intentional, right? We have to be intentional if we're gonna foster any type of change and acceptance of, of all either clinical backgrounds and, and ethnicities within our organizations. I think healthcare in itself is a multifaceted profession, right? And so if we're going to say that and accept that, we have to look at um, the different facets within the professional backgrounds of the people that we actually bring into our organizations and make it better and enrich what we currently have. So I think that in itself is um, something that we all should sometimes think about and consider. And as Tammy mentioned earlier, it truly starts with those job descriptions and opening, opening up the path for different individuals to, to step in the door. It doesn't mean you hire everyone that applies for your position. It just means you're open to look at the, the different professional backgrounds that can aid in um, making your organization better in CDI. Um, when it comes to that coded data and the clinical aspects of it as well. Well, it sounds like you really had, you know, great support internally, but did you encounter any sort of, you know, internal resistance or struggles that you had to come? Um, and I guess a second part to that question is obviously CDI requires a strong clinical foundation, coding knowledge, strong clinical thinking skills. So how did you marry your efforts towards diversity and inclusion with the need for candidates with these specific skills? So it was very deliberate on my part um, with, within the um, CDI coding uh, program, which I um, am directing now is, is I, I was very deliberate about 
not closing off the job descriptions to RNs only or people with clinical backgrounds. In fact, we have foreign trained physicians. We have highly skilled coders that have 30 years in coding auditing and coding backgrounds. We have some, some folks in CDI with masters in social work that really uh, contribute to the outpatient side with those social determinants of health. So we, um, you know, it started with, you know, uh, me kind of taking what UC Davis visioned in terms of diversity and also applying it to the CDI program, making sure that we had a well-rounded diverse group, not only um, that could do the job, but brought a, a different aspect or a different value um, to the program. And so making sure that you consider others um, that maybe don't have that bedside experience, but have that bachelor's degree in science and took the same classes as many of the nurses did, but maybe just don't have that clinical bedside um, experience also are valuable and bring a lot and contribute a lot to the program. And so making sure that I opened that job description up to those folks was a key for me because I don't come from a clinical background. Although, you know, I have almost 30 years and, and have that, that clinical insight and can direct a team. I think it's important that we recognize, um, you know, the diversity in the educational background just as much as we do in the ethnic background. Uh, absolutely, I, I echo that. I think sometimes <laughs> HIM professionals, RHIAs and RHITs, I mean, we undergo similar uh, coursework when it comes to um, you know, anatomy and physiology, pathophysiology, chemistry, you know, clinical pathology. I mean, we go underneath very similar coursework. Of course, from an HIM background, um, we're trained um, to analyze data clinically, right? We even, I mean, my final um, semester as an HIM professional is, I took a course with a physician and we were challenged and tested on you know, a clinical diagnosis, what's the signs and symptoms, what type of test will be ordered, what's the um, medication that will be given, you know, and then is there any disease interactions with that medication from the treatment plan provided. So we were, tr we were truly trained to do that data clinical analysis, right? And of course, not bedside. So I think being open-minded about that and what an HRM professional could really bring to the table, I think it's there's power in having those both diverse background from nursing and even the HIM profession, for sure. And, and to add to that, um, one of the things that really kind of opened my mind was there was another local organization um, in the region um, that had recently um, laid off uh, a ton of CDI who did not have that RN and they made it a mandatory requirement. And I was actually able to capitalize on that a little bit and, and recruit some of those folks. And they've been awesome additions to the program. Um, I really just said, why are we looking over, why are we, you know, looking over these individuals? They, they have a ton and a wealth of knowledge and can bring a lot of value and diversity to the team. <clears throat> Great stuff. Awesome. Yes, thank you for the feedback. That was awesome. So what benefits have you all realized from this new focus on diversity and inclusion? whether it's been staff harmony, provider engagement, broader skill sets to draw upon, um, any even improved organizational quality or financial metrics, anything specific that you would like to call out um, to the attention of our audience? So all of the above to be to Frank uh, with you, but um, we've seen significant improvements in our key performance indicators. 
um, <clears throat> our physician engagement, our CMI, our CCMCC capture rates, our um, expected length of stay, expected mortality, our RAF score, um, all of which have seen significant trends and improvements over the last four years. That trend line is just going in the right direction and continues to go in the right direction. But I think that requires continuous management um, of the program and making sure that we shift with technology, that we adopt technology and all of the things that come along with managing a program. But, um, you know, it's, it's key also to, you know, ensure that we don't have a lot of turnover, that our employees stay happy, that we provide them with the education they need. We provide them with, um, you know, the latest and greatest uh, technology that they need. So all of those things in conjunction with what you mentioned are things um, that we've seen improvements on, but it also comes with, you know, having a, a solid foundation that you can continue to manage. And you also have to make sure that you shift and pivot with um, kind of the, the culture. Excellent, appreciate that, Tammy. And I have another, um, I guess, <clears throat> multi-part question, but you know, kind of finally on this topic, what final lessons in diversity can you leave with our audience? Um, so what advice would you give for a listener who might want their CDI department or broader organization to adopt a new policy when hiring? You know, where would they start? And kind of on the other side of that, if they're facing any struggles, what would you suggest to them as well? Well, I would start with your, you know, your HR department and um, find out what controls, if any, already in place. Do you have some type of affirmative action goals that you're trying to meet? And if you do, um, align with your HR department to look to see if you can also um, try to um, mirror what, what they're suggesting in terms of hiring diversity um, from a diverse perspective. You also need to make sure that you open up your job descriptions internally to individuals that necessarily traditionally wouldn't be part of the CDI program. Uh, people that have value like HIM professions that we talked about, maybe foreign trained physicians, uh, people who have a CDI background but necessarily um, haven't worked at a large academic medical center or only been a nurse for a couple of years. Uh, you, you really have to kind of, and then I think making sure when you interview these individuals that you also have some test for uh, testing their knowledge base or having a second round of questions that are, you know, more, uh, not necessarily skill-based, but soft-based where you talk about how would you handle this situation or how would you engage with a provider? So, you know, taking um, all the additional steps to ensure that you are doing what you can do to bring on the top talent, but also working at, at with your organization, starting with your HR um, organization on how you can open up the pathway to bring in a more diverse group of individuals um, to your program. Really appreciate that, Tammy. Anything else to add um, on that, Sherlivia? No, I, I, I would echo what Tammy said. I think it starts with your HR departments and bringing forth the similarities um, in an HIM profession coursework versus a nursing, you know, a nursing background. They they are very similar. So why exclude um, one over another? And I think it does start with HR 100%. Yep. Yeah, this has been great. Really appreciate the dialogue. Very important initiative for Actus. And you know, I, I 
it's interesting to hear what works because so Actus is committed to you know diversity and inclusion and all that we do and um, it's 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 equal parts you know racial diversity ethnic diversity you know sexual orientation but really also about making sure that you know as we talked about today professional backgrounds you know make you give folks a fair shake that are coming from an HIM background or maybe they're you know a foreign medical graduate and they've got clinical training overseas we've got some phenomenal cdi professionals that have these backgrounds i've got folks that are coming from respiratory techs and others that have come in successfully you know if they have the willingness to learn critical thinking they can succeed in this role and it's admirable what you guys are doing at uc davis tammy really appreciate all your time uh, talking about it you too you as well sure olivia good stuff thank today thank you all right we're going to go ahead and we're going to share our poll results. So again, we asked at the outset of the show, is the organization in which you work committed to diversity and inclusion? Um, there's some good results, I, th I think, here. 75% say yes, it is a strong focus. 16% uh, say somewhat of a focus. 2% say no. 7% not sure. And 1% say either not applicable or other. So um, so here are our results. So for our guests, anything here surprise you from these results? Tammy, do you want to start? Maybe we can pass it along to Angelica and sure, Olivia. So, you know, not surprised, not surprised necessarily by the 75%. I would hope that in this day and age that more organizations are adopting some type of, um, you know, standard with ensuring that there is a diverse, equitable program um, in, in making sure that we do recognize that. Um, the somewhat, um, you know, it, it, it depends, right? For me, it, it's a perspective. So if you're somebody who's been looked over or somebody who you feel that, um, you know, you haven't been considered for a position because of your, maybe your educational background, um, that, that may be something you want to take back to your, your leadership and, and uh, say, hey, you know, this is what's happening in the industry and can we consider something like that? So there's different perspectives to, to consider here, but I, I'm not surprised. I think, you know, we are moving in the right direction as an industry and as a country, to be frank. Yep. This is Angelica. I am somewhat surprised because 75% saying that it's a very strong focus is, again, a little surprising to me. As Tammy mentioned, interpretation is a factor here. Because my question would be for that 75%, do, are you meaning that your organization has it as a focus, meaning they provide a class and a training on it during your new hire orientation or your annual competency training? Or are you meaning that your organization is truly committed to diversity and inclusion, meaning they are promoting from within, they are growing their future leaders within your organization, they have a committee where someone can file a, a discrimination complaint without fear of retaliation. Are you meaning that it's truly an idea and a organization of not just diversity, meaning you have different ethnicities making up your organization, but also inclusion, as I said earlier, meaning you're promoting those people, you are bringing them to the table when it's time to make decisions as well. And I think that's something that people want to think about and take back 
because diversity is one concept and inclusion is a completely different concept. So both concepts have to be implemented and brought to the table in order for your organization to truly identify and to truly exemplify what diversity and inclusion really is. Right. It's a great point, Angelica. We're limited by what we can do with the poll here, but that, that you do raise some really good issues about what strong focus really means. And if I can add, I think depending upon where you live within the um, the country, right, um, there's also a perspective there. I mean, we live in a very progressive state in California where, you know, this is something that we're seeing not just within our organization, but all over the state um, at various organizations. And that may not be necessarily the case when you uh, look at states that are kind of more aligned in the South where things haven't changed as drastically like they have in California. So it depends on also where we're polling these people from. And I think that's a very thing, a very, I, I would, I would want to look at um, where we're polling people from because that makes a difference. I think significant difference because I, I've seen some, some changes happening rapidly in the state that I live in, but not necessarily others that I've talked to across the country are seeing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and and I think um, just to add to what everybody said, I, I would, the 75% um, area of focus for diversity and inclusion, I would, you know, challenge managers to look at their staff, you know, do you see a diverse group of, of ethnicities within your group? Do you see a diverse group of professional backgrounds that can aid um, in your KPIs within your department? And if you don't, I, I would challenge you to, to stand up and look as to why um, that is not happening. You know, if you have a group of all RNs and there's no other professional backgrounds and if there's no diverse ethnic groups, then perhaps, you know, are you truly diverse? And is diversity and inclusion truly a focus or as um, the other, um, as Angelique said, you know, is it truly something, maybe it's just a class <laughs> and that was it. Um, so I think I'd just like to close with that and challenge people to really think about um, what it means to be diverse and inclusive. It's, it's way beyond a class for sure. Absolutely. Great points there, guys. Really appreciate the discussion here. Um, just had a couple quick things to wrap up with. I know we're getting close to the top of the hour, but uh, in, in our in the news segment, wanted to point you all toward a new uh white paper we have released in conjunction with AHIMA. It's called Compliant Clinical Documentation Integrity Technology Standards. So I'm sure what I'm showing you here on the screen is where you can download this paper. It's located in the resources uh, section of our website. Um, essentially, this is a new paper that we, we wrote over the past year with AHIMA and released it I think it was just last week, very recently, uh, December 7th, so two weeks ago, excuse me, this paper was published. Uh, this really arose out of a need we were seeing in the industry. Obviously, CDI, like all professions, has become more and more um, tied up with technology, and, and this has resulted in many, many uh, positive benefits for the industry, uh, broader reach of reviews, record prioritization that allows CDI professionals to focus on records with opportunity, uh, remote work, being able to do work from, from home quite often with the aid of technological support. A lot of great benefits. It also has brought with it some compliance concerns that we've heard about 
Um, AI or NLP triggers, not always appropriate. Records being deprioritized or passed over that may still contain query opportunities. Um, sort of opaque logic behind some of these products and folks not knowing what's triggering some of these queries. Um, so we have written a paper in conjunction, we meaning Actus in conjunction with AHIMA that is available right now on the website. It's going to be there for you as a free resource. We're looking for your comments. If you write, if right here on the screen, we do have a mechanism. It's very easy. You click there, that opens up a field. Uh, you insert your comments in there, your email address. We're going to be reviewing these, not to use your name or, or you know, publicize who you are, but really to we, we want folks, in particular, we want folks in the um, in the vendor field to review this paper and give us their their, combat, their their commentary and their feedback. And we're going to take that into consideration for a possible revision to the paper or a possible Q&A or the like. We've also got a free webinar available here that explains the paper a little bit behind the why and adds some more detail and context. So please go ahead and check that out when you can. Um, finally, one other thing I wanted to end on here um, for our Actus update, as we've been talking a lot about today on the show, diversity and inclusion, we've got our Actus Achievement Awards are gonna be opened up after the new year. We've, we've got, so I'm giving you an early preview. You cannot apply right now, but on January uh, 7th, we come back from the holiday break, we're gonna be deploying an email for poster sessions for our conference, as well as an application for our Achievement Awards. So for those that might know about our Achievement Awards, we've been doing these since we started back in 07. We have four individual awards for excellence in CDI, CDI Professional of the Year, Recognition of CDI Professional Achievement. We've got an Excellence in Provider Engagement Award. We have a Rookie of the Year Award. Those all go to individuals. But this past year, we started a new award called Diversity in CDI. And unlike our other four, this is for uh, this is an organizational award. And again, UC Davis was our first winner. Very deserving, as you heard on today's show, um, for our first award. But we're going to be encouraging other folks to apply. You know, you can't win these awards if you don't apply. We've made it as easy as we can to apply. There are some fields you have to fill out, um, but we encourage you to go in here and check these out. So if you hover over, these are all links. You can see exactly what the um, specifications are, what we're looking for from applicants. And, and come January 7th, we're gonna be opening this back up. So if your organization is doing some good things, to promote diversity and inclusion in CDI and, and more broadly throughout the organization. We'd love to hear from you. So please consider that and apply. All right, well, that is going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. Um, for those joining us live, we're gonna be back here again in two weeks for our first show of 2022. Here we are again, uh, new year coming up on us. We're going to be taking a look at some of the ethical challenges facing CDI professionals today. That will be on Wednesday, January 5th. Again, I want to thank 3M Health Information Services, uh, now with Modal for their support of today's show. For all of our listeners, um, I hope you had a great year with the Actus podcast. This is our last show of 2021. I wish you all a very happy new year, happy holidays with your friends, family, loved ones, however you choose to celebrate. Uh, enjoy the break and we're going to see you back on the other side again I want to thank Angelica Tammy Shrilivia Carolyn for coming on today's show on an important topic 
And for everyone else, we'll see you um, in 2022. Take care, everyone.